Hi, I'm Robin Birkin and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast, a place for women struggling to conceive to find emotional support, conception advice and real talk. To me, being a warrior means true glory is in rising every time we fall, having the courage to be afraid and being ready for whatever challenges cross our path. So welcome, warrior. You're on your way. I promise to support and guide you on every single episode. Let's begin. Hi, warrior. I'm so excited to be joining you for this podcast. Although if you are tuning in, I am hoping and praying and wishing that it is just for like research purposes and not because you think you have hyperstimulation because it sucks. That's the one thing that I'll say. OHSS or ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome is the freaking worst. I had moderate to severe OHSS and felt like just awful. Uh, So if you are going through it right now, I am sending you so much love. I also wanted to say that I have my two-week wait challenge that is 100% free. We've had so many people take the challenge. Basically, you get a daily email from me with an affirmation, a little love note or a story, and you also receive a little coloring in mandala every day. You get to learn a little bit about me. There's a slightly embarrassing video in there, but it's just nice to have something to look forward to every day during the two-week wait because I know just how agonizing it can be. So today we are talking all about OHSS, which is ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, which is something that can happen to women after they undergo an IVF cycle and something that I experienced after my first egg retrieval. So what are the risk factors for ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome? So there's a couple. People who are slim, have PCOS, are under 35, uh, have lots of follicles at their retrieval, have high estrogen levels, uh, and for women who fall pregnant, the symptoms are generally worse and last longer. So what exactly is it? So basically what happens is when you're undergoing IVF, they do this thing called super ovulation, which means they try to get like all the follicles, like a whole heap of follicles to mature. And the egg isn't this size, but the follicles can sometimes be like two centimeters. And so if you think of having like a ton of follicles in there, that's like two oranges or even bigger that are sitting in your abdomen. And that's why sometimes towards the end of uh follicular phase so when we're about to head into a retrieval that's why we can already feel so bloated is because you're carrying and I could feel it sometimes when I was sitting down like this pressure Uh, and that's because they're you know like trying to grow all these follicles so that they can retrieve them and they're basically like just like water filled like little bubble things is my understanding but like within those uh, you know hopefully lots of beautiful nice mature eggs but if you think of you know like maybe 40 of those and the size that's quite large so basically though when you undergo a retrieval they take all the follicles that have been developing out right and basically then what happens is it leaves this huge kind of gap in your body so your peritoneal cavity which is your abdomen then has this big gap in there and, you know, you drink, but instead of hydrating you, it goes straight into your ovaries, then leaks into your abdominal cavity. So that's sort of what happens is basically they grew something really large in your abdomen, then took it out all at once and it 
has now left this big gap. So water fills it. Your body fills it with water. Drinking water and things like that, it doesn't mean don't drink it. It's really important because you you know, like you can't survive without water. Um, so that kind of sucks that the thing that's making you feel so shit is the thing that you really need to do. But that's the essence of what's happening. So there's kind of a few different, I guess, grades of hyperstimulation. There's mild, moderate, severe, and there's actually something called critical. So you can have critical OHSS, but you would know you would be in hospital before that happens because that is quite a serious thing. I have a written post on this. So if you head to the show notes for this episode, so you just go to robinburkin.com slash blog, you can see what those grades and the associated clinical features of the different types are. So what was my situation? So remember how I talked just a moment ago about those risk factors? I had all of those, except for PCOS, I had all of them. My estrogen was about 10,000 a few days before retrieval. Any of the meds, like I always responded really well to all of the medications. Uh, And they counted on the ultrasound before my retrieval about 40 eggs. They were expecting to take out about 18 mature eggs. Um, So just before they put me under, they actually told me that I was at risk of hyperstimulation and that they'd most likely freeze all of them because of that high chance. But when I woke up, it turns out that they actually only collected 12. So they thought maybe it's back on the cards. So I went in for a day two transfer, which I know that many of you have day five or day three transfers. So mine were always day two. And I felt a bit bloated, but I didn't feel that bad. I actually felt mostly quite excited because I was excited that we're in the next step. I was like, you know, like when you go in for this next step, you're like, surely this is going to be it. And they told me that I needed to go in for an examination before because they were a bit 50-50 on it. They examined me. They told me I probably had a mild case of hyperstimulation. They ummed and ahed for a little bit before saying, well, what do you want to do? We'll do whatever you want to do. Which obviously, like, duh, I'm going to say, like, yes, fucking implant these eggs. I want to be pregnant yesterday. So that was what I did, right? And this is before I did any of this work on my unhealthy coping mechanisms, my emotions, all of this. I was fucking desperate to fall pregnant. And I thought to myself at the time, like, I could not give a fat rat's ass if I get hyperstimulation, so long as I get pregnant and have this baby, I can deal with anything like this is where I was, right? And I thought I can handle it. It was over Christmas and I had three weeks off. So I was like, "Eh, who gives a shit? So let me give you the timeline, okay? So the 18th of December was when we had our retrieval and the transfer was on the 20th of December. I felt bloated, but I was still like eating fine. I was sleeping fine. That was all fine. So 20th of December, I was totally fine. 25th of December is Christmas Day. And by this time, like I still remember the family photos and things like that that we took, I was really starting to feel bloated. I needed pillows around me to sleep so that I could kind of sleep sitting up and I basically confined myself to the spare bedroom. Like I basically just sat in the spare bedroom all day. I remember for Christmas breakfast, all I ate was a piece of toast. For Christmas lunch, I had like the tiniest little plate of like vegetables. So then 25th to the 28th of December, we actually went down south to a place called Margaret River with my husband's parents. And 
seriously, it was just going all downhill. Ross spent the whole time surfing, as you do, because he did not go through a retrieval. I did. Uh, And I basically spent the whole time sleeping in like one of the bunk beds. I ate pretty much one meal a day and just napped half the day. And I was going to the toilet like multiple times every night. So that was that exciting holiday, if you can call it that. 29th to the 30th of December, we came home and it was like it was rapidly escalating downhill. I was just not sleeping at night. I was so uncomfortable. I was walking with a hunch because everything was so tight around my belly. My belly was so distended and bloated. You know, I couldn't like stand up properly and I wasn't really going to the toilet that much. So there was not that much coming out at all. And I remember at the start of this, like I was so healthy. I changed so many of my like healthy habits and things like that. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not eating Gatorade. My body is a temple. I'm, you know, so committed to this. Gatorade's not healthy for a pregnancy, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I'm going to drink just coconut water. And I would love to hear, come and find me on Instagram at Robin Birkin and tell me if you are exactly where I I was like, you were like, oh, coconut water has electrolytes. I'm just going to drink coconut water. This coconut water tasted fucking foul. Like, I don't know what brand it was, but it was just so actually disgusting and I could not drink it. So I ended up drinking the Gatorade anyway. They recommend that you drink like two liters of Gatorade a day. And you know what? If I went through this all again, I would just drink the fucking Gatorade. But that's another story. Anyway, 31st of December, I woke up and actually felt like I was going to die. Even walking made me felt like I was going to throw up. I didn't even think that I like I had it in me to take one single like sip of water. I was as white as a sheet and I could barely walk, right? I could like honestly barely walk. Couldn't really eat anything. I was barely going to the toilet at all and I had to go into the fertility clinic to get my bloods done. And like, you know how it's so early in the morning. I hadn't slept that night and I literally walked in. Like I could barely even walk. I saw some of the ladies who I, you know, always saw as I was walking in and they were like, you look like shit. And I was like, yeah, I know, I really do. So I you know, I pulled myself out. I shuffled my way to the, into the fertility clinic and I just walked up to the nurse's desk and I just said, I need to see a nurse right now. They were really helpful. They kept me there. They were like, don't go home. We're going to help you out. And they checked me out. And it turns out that things had definitely progressed further. They gave me a prescription for some anti-nausea medication. And they actually then confirmed that I was pregnant. So they rushed through a test, which confirmed that I was pregnant. But my progesterone levels were through the roof at that time at 1,470. They later like went through the roof even further. It was like 20 times what it needed to be. So they told me to stop taking progesterone. They said it's probably what was contributing to how I was feeling. They did an ultrasound and confirmed that there were ascites. So ascites, when you have ascites, then that sometimes confirms severe hyperstimulation. They also said that I was severely dehydrated. So the doctor wanted to admit me to the hospital to put me on a drip you know, when you look at back at yourself in hindsight and you're like, why didn't I just do it? Anyway, I was like, no, no, I've got the medication. So I, you know, because I had the anti-nausea stuff, I was like, no, no, I can start drinking water again now that I don't feel 
so nauseous. And I had been spending my days because I'd just been sat in the spare bedroom reading all these posts about everyone saying that they went into hospital, they had it all drained and they still felt like shit and then like it all came back later. So I just thought like what's the point of going into the hospital and getting put on a drip and having it drained and all these things. So I didn't and I just went home and started chugging the water and things like that again. They made me come back into hospital like every few days to be monitored but I like I would cry every single night in that spare bedroom. I could barely breathe. My friends would come over and I was like, hi, how are you going? Because I, I could only take really short breaths. They did a follow-up ultrasound and they then found that like all my organs, because all this fluid had pushed everything up, it was about seven kilograms of fluid in my belly. It had pushed all my organs right up to the top of my chest. And so, yeah, I generally just felt a bit crap. My birthday was on the 12th of January. My belly had started to go down and I was starting to feel okay again. This was about three weeks after having hyperstimulation. And typically symptoms only show at about four or five days after the retrieval. And so then there I was three weeks of when I was starting to feel like a bit okay again. And I was about six weeks into my pregnancy at that stage because I fell pregnant. And I had just started getting excited about it all. So anyway, I went back to work on the 15th of January and people still said though that I looked like actual shit. 12th of January is also my birthday. So just all over, it was a shitty Christmas and birthday that year. But on the 19th of January, I was told that the pregnancy was no longer viable. It was three days before my ultrasound, but because my progesterone levels were still so high, they needed to induce a medical miscarriage. Otherwise, like the fetus would continue to like physically grow because it would be like my body would be feeding it, but not be alive. And then I would, you know, have a higher chance of needing a DNC or a different type of delivery. My progesterone levels, they said, would take weeks and weeks and weeks to go down. So that was a whole nother story, but that was my story with OHSS. So I'm not going to leave you hanging there. I am going to give you some of my tips for like surviving hyperstimulation if this is where you are at right now. So my number one tip is even though you might feel like death, know that it will not last forever, okay? So, you know, every day you get through this is another day that you are closer to this whole OHSS experience ending. Number two is know that you are not alone. Many people, including me, experience hyperstimulation and come out the other side with it as a distant, distant memory. And I know that it can feel when you're in the thick of it like it's super hard. Number three, just get as many pillows as you can. So you support your arms to help you sit upright a little bit when you sleep to just try and help like free up that weight on your stomach. You might also want to try and sleep on your side and put a pillow under your belly and just whatever works for you. But a lot of pillows around you are going to help you feel like you're a little bit more comfortable and helpfully get a little bit more sleep. The next one is like, seriously, just drink the fucking Gatorade. Like we can try and resist all the options as much as we want, but there's a reason actually why they suggest it. And there is some stuff like you can drink the coconut water if you want, but literally there's stuff in Gatorade that is going to help you uh, with your dehydration and things like that. So sometimes we just got to, you know, like take one 
for the team or just adjust to our circumstances just as we adjust to IVF. So just go through that, just do it. And, you know, some people think that one day when you have OHSS, you'll just all of a sudden your body will be like, oh, no, we don't need this anymore. We're all good. And then you'll just have this day where you just like pee it all out. It doesn't really happen like that. You just start normally weighing again. And then like I weighed myself a week later and that's when it was all gone. So that's kind of how that worked. The next one is like some people say to eat protein, but I couldn't stomach it. For me, I just ate salted Doritos, vegetable soups, crackers, some toast and hot chips with gravy. Just eat what you can stomach. Eat what is just working with you at this time. I promise you are not doing like massive harm on your journey. Just go with the flow. Just go with what you can tolerate and what you can handle at the time. Number six is when you're feeling super uncomfortable on this process, just do the child's pose in yoga as best you can, but with your legs apart. And I used to feel like this gave me some comfort. So I used to kind of get into child's pose quite a lot. And that used to feel like it relieved just a little bit of pressure for me. The number seven one, and probably the most important, you all know that my mantra is just get help. If you start to feel really rubbish, just call the clinic. Okay. They care about you. They don't want you to be suffering through this. And you never know, like, as I was, I was severely dehydrated by the time I went in and feeling just so ridiculously nauseous. There's no harm ever in making a phone call. There's no harm ever in asking for help. The worst that's going to happen when you ask for help is somebody will just say no. So pride aside, if you're not feeling great, just call the clinic. Okay. So those are my tips for anyone out there who is suffering with hyperstimulation. If you are about to go into an egg retrieval and just worrying generally that you might get hyperstimulation, don't sweat it, right? It's not like a thing where most people get it. It's a thing where just some people get it. So it's not a super common thing. You may have the risk factors, but you've really just got to play it out and see how it goes. Almost everybody feels a little bloated afterwards, which is kind of normal. But OHSS is just basically that like whole nother step. And then it starts getting graded in terms of the process, or I guess you could call it like an illness or a side effect. But anyway, sending you all lots and lots of baby dust. Do make sure that you check out the two week wait challenge and sign up to get my daily emails for two weeks as something that will help you get through this journey a little bit easier if you are about to head into your two-week wait. Catch you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fertility Warriors podcast with me, your host, Robin Birkin. If you would like more tools, resources, and courses to help you survive your journey, please head to robinburkin.com. And if you like this podcast, please share it with others. I look forward to catching you at the next episode.